0: السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وأزواجه ومرتَبِعَهم بإحسان إلى المديني أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يَا صَاحِبَي السِّجْنِ أَأَرْبَابٌ مُتَفَرِّقُونَ خَيْرٌ أَمِ اللَّهُ الْوَاحِدُ الْقَهَّارِ وَقَالَ اللَّهُ جَلَّ وَعَلَىٰ وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ وَهُوَ الْحَكِيمُ وَالْخَبِيرُ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ We talked about the name Al-Ghaffar, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the sequence of that hadith after Al-Ghaffar is Al-Qahhar, as normally translated as the dominant, the subduer. Qahara in Arabic language means to have full control over someone whether that one, that person is willing or unwilling. He would be under the control. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Qahar, Everything is under the control of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Not just human beings, not just living beings. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says in Quran, "Thumma istawa ila al-sama'i wahyadu'khan, fakallaha walil-arzatiya ta'u'an He turns, he he turns towards the heaven and the earth, and he said to both of them. I'tiyah, come to me. Taw'an awtarha, willingly or forcefully. If you are not willing, you have to still come to me by force. Both of them said, the heaven and the earth both said, Atayna ta'i'een, will come to you willingly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power and his qahar is such that nothing is out of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's control. And qahar also means that when someone especially resists, someone is trying to get out of control. To control that, that person forcefully in such a way that that person will have no say about it, that person will not be able to do anything without the permission of the one that is having that power over him, qahar over him. And at the same time, qahar includes, in most of the situation, qahar indicates towards not just doing something forcefully, it also includes being upset for that person resisting to be under control. So if a person... Is resisting say for example a police approaches a person for an arrest and that person resists. Now they will use all kind of method to control this person. Of course, within that control they are angry with it, they are upset, and with that force and anger they would like to have full control over that person. This is called Qahar. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us of His qahra. That beware of the qahra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't just keep on getting out of control. You commit sin once, don't try to get into it again. Few times He lets you go, that's His rahmah. But beware of His qahra. You don't want to get Him upset you don't want to get him angry, then all of a sudden you will see his qahar. Once you will see his qahar, then he will just press you so hard that you will not be able to move. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps on showing us the signs of his qahar different ways and different, many different ways in this world. We see always that there is nothing that can get out of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's control. It's only many times the rahma of Allah that He keeps on giving us chance, one after another. Human beings, they give up. They get impatient. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never gets emotional to do something. He does not react according to emotions. He has decided that I will give this person So many opportunities. I will give him a chance for up to 60 years of his life. So he keeps on giving. For us, few days may be difficult. He did it yesterday, he is doing it today, and he'll continue with it tomorrow. I'm not going to let him do it tomorrow. I have been watching him for the last two days. I can't let him go with it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not react to emotions. He doesn't get emotional to do it, okay, you did it for the last two days, you did it for last two weeks, or in fact, you did it for the last two years. No, people are doing things for 60 years, 70 years. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not give up. And He does not punish them for it either. He keeps on giving them opportunities, one after another. And in many occasions, people... As they keep on getting these opportunities, they forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being Al-Qahar. That thing, okay, he, there is nothing that's going to happen. And walayazubillah, billah sometimes human beings, regardless of their religion, they tend to understand and feel that I don't think he would, he can't even do anything at this time. billah I'm just out there. And with my strength, with my power, with my abilities, who can stop me? Look what we have. With all of this technology that we have, who can stop us? They forget the qahr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of the helm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because of His rahm, His mercy, His kindness, but subhanallah, his mercy and his kindness is so great, knowing that this person is misusing it, still he doesn't just come with his qahar right away. For us, even if we are very kind, very merciful, still when we see people misusing it, they know that I'm having sabr and I don't, I don't say nothing to them, And they're misusing these opportunities. So of course, after some time, I will think I just want to step there, and I have to step hard on it, so these people won't continue misusing these things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not go that way. Yes. At certain occasions, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows His qahar. When does that happen? Normally at a time when people... They openly oppose the Anbiya alayhimu salatu was, When they openly oppose Anbiya alayhimu salatu was, when they openly oppose the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in those type of situations then the Qahr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes. Most of the situations where people are just saying things against Allah. The qahar doesn't come right away. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept people offending Anbiya alayhimu salatu was salam. And offending the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, challenging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's still even in those situations, say in the situation of Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salatu wa salam, 950 years, all kind of blames against Nuat and he's inviting them and he's praying to Allah, he's using all means, he's using his hikmah, his anan, his knowledge, his wisdom, and every way to invite them, to explain to them, showing them miracles they don't accept, still for nine hundred and fifty years, no adab came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when it comes then no one can escape that punishment. No one can run away from it. No one can get away from it. This is why he warns us of his qahra. That she don't want me to forcefully control you and then punish you. Do what I'm asking you to do on your own. This is why he keeps on explaining. Otherwise, subhanAllah, why Allah would need to explain anything to us? Sometimes you get surprised. You Really, it surprises when we read Qur'an and we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He explains to us nicely, do this. You are ordered to do this. You are bound to do this. Then He says, if you don't do this, then these are the punishments. Then He says, do it because I have prepared Jannah for you. If you do it, I will reward you for it. I will give you this and this and that for you. And then he knows there's people who would still resist. They still don't want to listen. They still don't want to do it. Then he would say that if you uh, if you do it, I will double the reward for you. I will give you so much. I will give you in this dunya. I will give you in akhirah. He knows that there's people who would who still may not want to trust it, Then may not want to believe in it, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath. He takes an oath. And He says, I swear by my greatness, I swear by this and this, that this is truth and this is how it is, and this is how it's going to happen. Why Allah has to do all of this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he does not want to show his Qahr at all the time, just forcefully making us do things. But again, as I mentioned earlier, when he sees us going out, he shows us some signs of his qahr He doesn't just show his qahr all the way down, but he shows us some signs of his qahr Who knows? Some people who are connected to Allah through this name of al-Qahar. And they know that Allah is Qahar. By seeing these signs, they'll stop. Look, I see these signs now. If I continue going on that way, then further down the road, I may see the Qahar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which I cannot do. I can never face it. Let me just take a U-turn and come back. That's it. It's a U-turn in my life. I'm never going back to that direction again. This is when people have little understanding of who Allah is, and especially this is the benefit we will get by knowing Allah subhanahu wa taala's aha. That when we are seeing ourselves going out of control, committing sin one after another, third one, fourth one, and then all of a sudden you see a sign of the aha of Allah subhanahu wa taala. Now we realize this is this is a sign, and I see a stop sign over here. I don't want to just. I see a dead end over here. I don't want to go to the end of the street and then take a U-turn. Let me just take my U-turn over here. Simple examples. Sometime Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us his qahar, his control over us, his force over us, by making us get hungry. The person is hungry. We have been saying throughout this time that I'm too busy. I have no time. Everyone advised us. Come to the masjid. Let's sit and talk about the deen of Allah for five minutes. I'm too busy. I have no time. The very same person, he's going to do this, some of his work and he gets hungry. And nowadays really, we don't even know what hunger is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't put us to the... That situation of going to the lowest level of being hungry and realizing what hunger is. What it is, sometimes you just feel like, I want to just grab a donut. And the feeling is just rising. And it's getting strong. You just had a breakfast. Two hours. Only two hours ago, you had a breakfast. But, no, no. I, now I have to stop. I have to get a coffee. And just in that situation, imagine this person is going to stop. There is, he goes in there, there is a long line. He stands at the end of the line. This is the rich man who has thousands of dollars to buy the whole store here. But he's standing in the line to pay a dollar and get a cup of coffee. And he's the same person who's been telling us throughout this time, I'm too busy, I have no time. For that coffee, he's standing in that line for 15-20 minutes. Sometime, we see it by getting tired. This person who's been telling us that he's very tired, or we, ourselves, telling others that I'm very busy. I have no time. Let me quickly grab something from my house, and then I'll go to do my work. By the time I get home, I don't feel that I can drive anymore. Too tired. I have to have some rest. Let me sleep for half an hour. And that half an hour turns into some hours. This is the person who said he has no time. But now he makes all of that time. He's forced. These are signs through which Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us, oh human being. Don't tell me that you have no time for me. Don't tell me that you are very powerful and you can do whatever you want. Don't tell me that you are on your own. You decide on what you want to do. Okay, then stay up for 24 hours. Don't eat for two days. Don't drink my water. Al-Qahhar subhanahu wa ta'ala. He shows us the signs of his Ahar and his control over us, how he can just control the person. And really, he doesn't have to send armies for that. Just a little change in a person's situation. Forget about food. Forget about water, forget about rest. These are certain things that they can really force us, and they can be very strong forces to control us. Just some simple things, simpler than this, easier than this to control. And that is, the person is having a good time. He's planning to have a good time. He arranged for it. He spent thousands of dollars for it. Everyone is ready. The whole family is ready. He has invited many other people. All of a sudden, he doesn't get sick. Nothing else happens. Just his mood changes. He doesn't feel good of anything now. Just imagine. By the change of that mood, he doesn't know what happened to him. Nothing. In real sense, nothing happened. No changes. Everything is going according to his plans. But his mood changes. He doesn't feel good about anything now. He sees the food, doesn't want to eat. He sees his friends, doesn't feel like talking to them. That's it. Al-Qahhar subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us his signs all different ways. That look, you are not on your own. There is someone who controls you. Someone who has power over you. Someone who decides everything about you. But still, He's allowing you to do so many things. He can stop you from doing most of the things that you're doing. But still, he is not just forcing it on you. Why? He would like you to do it willingly. If Allah really wants to force, He can create such situations for us that we will have no way but to be just in the masjid and doing the ibadah of Allah. Situations in the world will change in such a way for us that the person can't even go back to his home now. Where should I go? I can't think of going anywhere else. Let me just sit here. And the person would be just sitting and praying and crying to Allah. But he doesn't always force us to it. But Al-Qahhar subhanahu wa ta'ala has all of this power over us. He can make... He can create those situations for us. And then we see the signs of his qahar. When we human beings are trying to come up with weapons to destroy the world. We, the human beings, have created so much, so many weapons to destroy this world that if there are 10 more worlds like this one, we can destroy them right now. And then we see how people are getting killed, day and night. See how many people are, getting, are dying and getting killed. This is a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's qahar, His wrath, His <coughs> anger, that human beings are killing human beings. Human beings are working against human beings. This is all signs of qahar, but this is not the real qahar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The real qahar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be seen on the Day of Judgment. When the biggest rulers, people who feel that no one has any power over them, no one can say a single word about them, forget about saying it to them, no one can say a single word about them when those people will be dragged towards Jahannam and they will be shouting and crying. People will see the qahra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that time. Where no one could even claim that he has, he even owns his own clothing, Not even the clothing. That is the time when people will see how how much they were under the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is qahar subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has full control over everything in this world and over everyone in this world. When we see... The rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always remember, we need to remember Allah as qahar. We don't want to see His qahar. May Allah protect us from seeing the qahar of Allah, seeing the wrath of Allah, seeing the anger of Allah, seeing Allah being angry, and then controlling it forcefully. So what is our responsibility after we know that Allah is qahar? Ya Allah! I'm willing to do it on my own. I have the willingness to come back to you. I'm doing all of this and I will do all of it on my own willingness. Sometimes Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala forces us to do certain things. Those are only some signs of his qahar. and even those things that he makes us do it forcefully, it's only because he would like us to come back to the right track. Just like when a car gets stuck, (coughs) and alhamdulillah we are sitting in a town where we can really understand this example in winter. The car is stuck regardless of how many wheels will drive on your car. If stuck, stuck. I have seen cars with big wheels, and it says with a big writing on it four by four. When they are stuck, now they need even a harder push, because when these cars, the big ones, when they are stuck, they are really simple. It means they are very deep in there now. Now they need a big push. A push that will take a small car out, will not take that car out at this time. So, when we feel that I have abilities, I have strength, I do this and I do this, see how much I have earned, see what I have built, see what I have done. When that person gets stuck, he needs a bigger push. Smaller ones, they need some small push. A person who considers himself miskin, poor, what well, I am, I'm nothing really. That person, he comes out with a little push. But a big person, that four by four one, he needs a bigger push now. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, accordingly, sometime he shows us the sign of his Qahar. And these signs are. So that we get a little push to come out of that situation where we are stuck. We came off the track and got stuck there. Now this person needs some push to come out of that situation. Otherwise, he will be stuck over there and he'll just keep on spinning his wheels. This is what we do. We go on the wrong track and then we keep on spinning our wheels. Look, I'm spinning and there's spin, so I'm doing good with it. We don't realize that we are stuck now. We are not where we were supposed to be. We are not heading to the direction that we were supposed to be on. We are off Surat Al-Mustaqeem. When the person is off Surat Al-Mustaqeem, he keeps on spinning the wheels of his car, and he feels that everything is rolling well. As I press, I hear more sound, and there is makes, the car is making the noise, the engine is running, and the car and the tires are turning. We see the t- the tires of our car turning and we get happy with it. Everything is going well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that time shakes us up. That shaking up is a sign of the qahar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look, I'm telling you better come out. You are getting this push. Through this push you better come out. You are not on al-mustaqeen. The wheels, that, the wheels that are spinning, they are not taking you further on this Salat al-Mustaqeen. You are not heading towards the goal of your life. You are going away from it. You are stuck somewhere else. You better come out of this. The signs of his qahar always make us go through those situations where there will be reminders for us. So that we won't have to face the day when the person is in his grave, and then he would see the qahar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa Or a person standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment, and sees the qahar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa Because if at that time, the person will see the qahar, he won't be seeing the signs of qahar. Now he will be seeing the qahar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the form of the punishment, where he will not be able to do anything, no way to get out of it anymore. No way to come out of that situation anymore. Sometimes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's qahr comes in this dunya, as I said, as a bigger push. A person who spent long years of his life running away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah knows, if this person will have whatever he has at this time, if he will keep on having what he has at this time, he is not going to change. He needs a bigger push. He needs a strong push. And sometimes the push comes very strong. People, and not necessarily always this is a sign of Qahr, But sometime, these things could be the sign of Qahar. That a person loses some members of the family. This becomes a big push in this person's life. How many people that we hear about? And at this time, we see people... Human beings like us that they go through such situations that we cannot even think of those situations and may Allah protect us. Two weeks ago, I know a person, he studied with me at a time, in a few years we were together. Going somewhere with the family, had a car accident. Wife and five children died. Wife and five children died. What would be the situation of this person? At what point this person ended up now after so many years of his life? I'm again... Not necessarily always this is the sign of Qahar, but it could be sometimes the sign of Qahar. Don't look at others that that is the Qahar of Allah, but God forbid, we don't want to be in that situation when the Qahar of Allah comes on us. And looking at the situation of the world, we see how people who were very well-to-do, they had everything, they never would think of anything else in their life, what situation they ended up in, being in them. They may be searching to have just a single day to eat, a glass of water, clean, pure water for them. It's a big na'mah for them at this time. They are willing to give up anything to have that glass of water. These medicines that we are eating day and night. I can buy it over the counter. I have my closet full of it. There is so much that I have. But there are people who may be hoping to just have one tablet at this time in a situation they are in. But they can't. They have no access to it. We should be afraid of the qahr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should just come back, repent, turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, I'm not waiting for the day when you put me in that situation for me to come back. No, Ya Allah. We, are, we should never wait for that day to come back. This is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said in the hadith, giving us some of these signs of the qahar of Allah. He says, are you waiting? Advising the ummah. Are you waiting for a poverty that will make you forget about everything else? For those of us who have money, who have wealth, who have have been blessed with all the ni'mah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we are not coming back to Allah, what are we waiting for? What day are we waiting for? Are we waiting for the day when Allah will pull everything away from us and then we will come to Allah? This is what Rasulullah is asking. Then he addresses the poor people. And he says, What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for a wealth that will make you arrogant? Do it now. Before... You will have, I mean don't wait for the day that you have everything and then you would do And You don't know by having everything after having everything if you would still have this humbleness or the situation your mind, your understanding will change then. Use this opportunity. Or are you waiting for a disease that will just puts you down to earth and you won't be able to move, do nothing? Are you waiting for that day? Use your health at this time. Because of the health, the person says, I I can't do it, I am too busy. Once, a friend of mine, he presented a situation to me that he got involved in some wrong things, in haram, and mainly the thing was the all of his resources, and all the money that he's earning, it's all haram. So he said to me, I know it's haram, I know I can't give it up, it's difficult for me, I have family, I have children, can you give me a good advice for me to stop doing these haram things? So I gave him some advices, and I told him, you know, this is haram and this is what the results of the haram are and you're feeding your children and all of this. He asked our teacher for an advice. He himself told me, he said, I asked my teacher for the advice. And the teacher, subhanAllah, people, they, according to their iman, People's words, their words come out of their tongue, their mouth, according to their iman. He said, he just told me a few words, and that was enough for me to just give it up. I knew that after hearing this, I have to give it up. Long advises from others, I gave him a long advices, no help. Few words. He said, that just made me think. What did he tell him? He said to him, okay you are getting involved in all of this haram, and you tell me you can't give it up because of your family, because of your children, you have no other resources. Tell me this, if tomorrow you are leaving home, and you slip and break your back, what will happen next? He says, this is the question he asked me. You slip and break your back, what will happen? I told him, I'll end up in the hospital. He says, what will happen to your work now? What will happen to your family? What will happen to your children now? Don't you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He's not putting you in that situation where you break your leg, you break your back, where you lose your eyesight, where you lose your hearing, and you won't be able to do this anymore because of that? Are you waiting for the quhah of Allah? says, I realized, that's it. It's enough for me. It's only because we think, no, no, I'm doing this. It's within my control. It's within my power. We forget the qahar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See the attachment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this attribute, through this name, realizing that he is al-qahar subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why he asked as in Qur'an al karim now we can really understand these ayahs of Al-Qur'an. When he tells us, أَمَّا Absar. Who controls the hearing and your sight? The eyesight that you have, who controls that? The hearing that you have, who controls that? The brain that you have, who controls that? If he would just take one of these things away then what are we going to do? So we should always be afraid of al qahar subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some people, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them some power in this world, they feel that they are al qahar now. Which means, they are irresistible. Their power is irresistible now. They can control everything and everyone and they can make everyone do whatever they like to be done. Allah gives us that example in Quran. And I'm sure all of us can think of Fir'aun. You'll be surprised to read now the ayahs of Al-Quran after looking at the name Qahar And knowing Al-Qahhar subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now when you read the ayah of Quran Al-Kareem, what Fir'aun said to his people? Fir'aun said to his people that we will kill the children of these believers. They are the boys. We will kill their boys. The believers, those who believe in Musa alayhi salatu salam, Bani Israel. And we will keep their daughters alive. And who can stop us from doing this? وَإِنَّ فَوْقَهُمْ قَاهِرُونَ Look at the word, قَاهِرُونَ قهار. The same word. We have irresistible power over them. They cannot challenge our power. We have power over them. We can force them to go through the situation and they can do nothing about it. When he forgot... Al-Qahhar subhanahu wa ta'ala. He thought that he is Al-Qahhar. Al-Qahhar subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then showed him his Qahar, And we all know what happened to Fir'aun after that. So human beings sometimes, that thing, that they became Al-Qahhar. And as I said, the real Qahar will be seen on the day of Judgment. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, on the day of judgment, when all the people will die, it's the day of Qiyamah now. The day when all the people have died and angels will be put to death. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask, Liman Who has the kingdom today? Who has the control today? Who has the power today? And then, he himself will reply, لِلَّهِ الْوَاحِدِ الْقَهَّارِ See the word قَهَّار. That all the power today, kingdom, power, control, it's only for Allah who's all by himself. The only one and Qahar, the irresistible. He is القَهَّار. There is no other قَهَّار in the world. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, reminding us, وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ All my servants, always remember, I'm qahir over you. I have that power over you. I have full control over you. Beware of it. You don't want me to use my qahar over you, my wrath and my power over you. Do it. فَالْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا I told you of what's good and what's bad. I would like you to do it yourself. The name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that comes after this, Al-Qahar, is Al-Wahar, the provider. Shall we take questions? And I think, Are there any questions, or should we continue with this? Let's take one more name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshaAllah. Al-Wahhab subhanahu wa ta'ala. The provider, the bestower. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Wahhab, what does it mean when we say he's Al-Wahhab? Waqaba in Arabic language means to gift something. To give someone without asking for return. You don't want anything in return. And therefore Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi says, Human being can never be Wahhab. Human being can never be Wahhab. Wahhab is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because in normal situation, we know that we, some, we need something in return. The least good word. Or don't oppose me after this gift. This is something that I, is expectation, something that I want. Then he himself raises this question, Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi raises this question that there are some people who with full sincerity offer the ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So at least they're offering something. When you're offering the ibadah, you're offering something. And you have full sincerity. So, this person at least should be considered wahhab in this sense. He's offering something, and he is not asking Allah to give him something. He is not. He doesn't want a good name, he doesn't want anything else. There are some scholars of Islam that we read about them, they go to the extent of saying, we are not in that level and don't try to say these words without having that feeling from inside and that iman and that strength and that tawakkul. They say that we are not even expecting reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are just doing it for His pleasure. Imam Ghazali says, "How about calling those people al-Wahhab?" Then he says he himself <coughs> gives the answer to it, and he says even that person cannot be al-Wahhab, because he is doing it to get the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So still he is expecting something, and when Allah gives us, even when the person is upset with Allah, Allah gives him keeps on giving him. We take and complain, and He gives us more. And he knows, after taking more, we will still continue complaining. And he still keeps on giving us. This is Al-Wahhab, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who's not looking for anything in return. He just wants to give. But remember, many times when we look at the name Al-Wahhab, the only thing, our only connection with Allah that comes up in our mind as Allah being our Wahab, is that when He provides us. So we cannot differentiate many times between Wahab and Razak. We take Wahab just as we take al razat No, Wahab is much broader than Al-Razak. Razak Razak is different than Al-Wahab. Remember, as we just said, Wahab is the one who keeps on giving it to you as a gift, without looking for anything in return. He doesn't want anything. And He is not just giving you food. He is not just giving us things to survive on. He gives us all kind of things. Anything and everything we have is a gift from, from Al-Wahhab subhanahu wa ta'ala. And especially... When sometime human beings cannot even use worldly means to get something. At that time, we really realize that now I need to turn to Al-Wahhab who can give it to me without I deserve it and without I can use any of the worldly means to get it. This is when we can really realize our connection with Al-Wahhab subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us few examples of it Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem. Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu was salam. In his old age. He makes dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a child. Neither him nor his wife are in the situation of having a child. And therefore when he prays to Allah, he uses the word, habli milla مِلَّدُنْ كَذُرِّيَّةً طَيِّبًا he used the word habli. and Zakaria alayhi salatu was salam. He also made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the similar situation and he also used the same word Rabbi Hubli. Rabbi habli min as salihin Habli min ladunka zuriyatan tayyibah. Which means just give it to me as a gift. I cannot have it. I have no means of acquiring it anymore. That's it. For me, all the worldly means are not there, and all the doors are closed. There is no way I can have it. But ya Allah, just give it to me as a gift. And this is when we realize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really is Al-Wahhab. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once we have that connection, then at a situation when a person feels that I cannot have something. You can always remember... That is me that I cannot have it. But Al-Wahhab is there, he can give it to me. For him, there is nothing impossible. And no one can close the doors of giving to Al-Wahhab subhanahu wa ta'ala. SubhanAllah, when he comes to give, he gives so much, that the one who is taking it cannot believe that I can have so much. Really, we cannot believe that I can have so much if we start calculating how much food, how much water, how much air, how many of Allah Allah's blessings we have used from our birth up to this time. Try to come up with a moderate amount of how much money really we have spent on our souls. A person who is 40, 50 years old how much he has spent on, his, on himself within these 40-50 years. We will be surprised. We will be surprised to see that how much we are consuming of this world in you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just keeps on giving us more and more. As I said, when he gives, really, the one who is taking cannot believe himself. A simple example. A lot of time I get a question from some people who open a book of hadith and read some of their hadith about the virtues of some of the good deeds. I get this question a lot of times that a person would come and ask, is it possible that you recite this sure du'a once and you are getting so many hundreds of thousands of rewards? Is it possible that you say Subhanallah walhamdulillah and the whole space is full of reward for you? The one who's getting it cannot receive, cannot believe of how much he receives. But Al Wahhab Subhanahu wa Ta'ala keeps on giving us. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he mentioned the virtue of some of the surahs, Umar Rasulullah radiallahu Alaihi wasallam, wasallam said, You decided once you have. A castle in the Jannah. Umar عنه, said, Ya Rasulullah, in, in this case, we will just keep on resigning it, and just for resigning it once, you are getting a castle in Jannah, Ya Rasulullah. Rasulullah said, Allahu Akbar. Allah can give you even more than this. What's just having one castle for resigning it once? He can give you a hundred castles for resigning it once. He is a mahab. subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we can understand. Al-Wahhab. When he gives, subhanAllah, he just gives. Many of us may be in similar situations. I have a friend. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with a lot of wealth. He says, I have so much that I don't know what to do with it. But he himself says, that I remember my childhood. My parents couldn't afford to send me to the school. I used to sell eggs on the street. I carried carry a box of it on my head, take it to the marketplace, and I used to sit there for the whole day selling eggs. This is how I grew. I never studied anything. No school. And he says, Done. And I just learned how to work hard and I kept on working and see what I have. Al wahhab when he opens the doors, he just gifts. He doesn't count when he gives. And, subhanallah, Al wahhab subhanahu wa ta'ala, his gifts are such. It's not only that, that these physical things that we have, if I have 10,000 means now I'm better than the ones who have 1,000. He's such a subhanahu wa ta'ala, that sometime he gives satisfaction of the mind to a poor person, such satisfaction that people who have everything, that envy this person who has been gifted with that satisfaction of the mind. Al-wahab, he gave it to this person. And those who have so much of others, they are missing this thing here. <coughs> They don't have it. They run to his door, please tell us where did you get this peace of mind from? We have so much, we don't have no peace of mind. Tell us where did you get this peace of mind from? This is Al-Wahhab. He gave it to this person. Al-Wahhab subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes when he gives, he would give A poor person, a simple person, unknown person, out of nowhere, that person gets so much honor and respect that the kings and the rulers of the world are jealous of him. With all the position they have, they can have their names printed in every paper, on every newspaper, and just mentioned repeatedly everywhere in the world, on all the channels. They don't have the respect that a normal person got. Al-Wahhab, he gave this person the respect. قُلِ اللَّهُمَّ مَالِكَ الْمُلْكَ الْمُلْكَ مَنْ تَشَاءُ وَتَنزِعُ الْمُلْكَ تَشَاءُ وَتُعِزُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ وَتُذِلُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ This is Al-Wahhab. He gives it to whoever he likes. Criminals, robbers, people who have spent lives in doing wrong. When Al-Wahhab subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them the hidayah, it just comes as a gift to them. Those who have been and the field for a long time. Now they go to those people. Hmm. Fudail ibn Ayyad, he himself says, I was a robber. Jumping from one roof to another roof of the houses to go and get whatever I can. And people are afraid. As they know Fudail is in our town. Okay, if someone breaks in, don't say nothing. Just give them whatever they ask you for it. One day he hears the ayah of Quran, it gets into his heart, the life changes. This is al When he gives the hidayah, he just gives it. He can give it to ro- robbers. Abdullah ibn Mubarak, he enters a town called Al-Riqa. Just before him, few days before him, Harun al Rashid came to that town. Now, someone from the family of Abdullah ibn Mubarak, a woman standing in the window, and she sees big crowd of people. And all the people are going behind a person there. She asked, who is this person? She was informed that this is Abdullah ibn Mubarak. She says, this is the real kingdom. Harun comes, no one goes after him. Abdullah ibn Mubarak came, people closed their stores, they left all of their work, they left everything, and they're just behind Just and they, they just want to see Abdullah ibn Mubarak. They feel great if they can shake hands with Abdullah ibn Mubarak. Harun al-Rashid, no one even wants to see him. This is al Bukhab. When he gives, he just gives. For how many years he's been granted us, granting the world, and totally free of charge, we are getting water. We are getting the sunlight. We are getting so many things in this world, free of charge. Yes, we try to charge each other as much as we can. But Al-Wahhab subhanahu wa ta'ala is just sending it there. And he's just providing us with it. He's not closing his doors. Our connection with Al-Wahhab subhanahu wa ta'ala is to realize that, number one, we need to realize Allah is Wahhab. Whenever we need something, first thing, turn towards Al-Wahhab. When you see that you have no means of acquiring it, all the doors are closed, still turn to Al-Wahhab. When we see our souls are not able to come to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are away from it, and our situation is not allowing us to turn to the deen, to turn to Allah, ask for hidayah from Al-Wahhab subhanahu wa ta'ala. He will give it to us. He can give it to us. Don't ever think that doors are closed for us after after we know that our connection is with Al-Wahhab subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number two, the second way of connecting ourselves to Al-Wahhab subhanahu wa ta'ala is have the habit of giving. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Wahhab so we need to have developed that habit that Allah is giver. He keeps on giving as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa advised. Asma' radhiallahu anha saying, Asma' Allah gives. So keep on giving and don't count when you give because you don't want Allah to count when He gives you. He keeps on giving. He doesn't count when He gives us. So this is another way of establishing our connection with Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfiru Allah li wa lakum wa li sa'iril muslimin wal muslimat wa akhir du'awana an alhamdulillahirabbil